The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Welcome to our show, my friends. It's packed. we got a lot of uh, good guests today on this beautiful May 8th, 2021. Uh, Border uh, Border Hawk News, of course, sponsors our program. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce to you who we've got, because uh, like I said, we've got um, a packed show. Uh, first of all, we've got Congressman Chip Roy from the 26th district, 21st district rather, of Texas, and he's going to be chatting about uh, the battle that he's got going in Washington D.C. for uh, uh, to uh, stop this border crisis, to address this border crisis. I mean, it's um, it, it talk about an uphill battle. So uh, Congressman Roy is going to be talking to us about that. Secondly, we've got. Um, uh, Mr. Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies in in uh, Austin, and Todd's going to be cha- talking to us about uh, the policy issues that are making this um, this border crisis even worse. Uh, the uh, Biden administration seems to be going backwards instead of forwards. Then we've got my very good friend uh, Jason Jones, who's uh, quite a celebrity now because of his. Uh, uh, view and his reports regarding the criminal cartels that are just running, running rampant at the, at the border, my friends. They are just running rampant, human smuggling and drug smuggling. Uh, and then finally, we've got my good friend, Sheriff uh, A.J. Lauterbach from uh, Jackson County, Texas. And he's going to be chatting with us he, uh, about uh, what uh, the sheriffs are, are viewing, what they are seeing, and uh, what he thinks uh, might be a light at the end of the tunnel with this whole situation. So, uh, my friends, once again, thank you for joining us, uh, the El Conservador Show, uh, with uh, myself, George Rodriguez, sponsored by Border Hawk News. We really, really appreciate your support, my friends. We have a uh, a, a very, very strong uh, effort going here at our show to inform folks, because it's surprising how many people uh, beyond uh, the border really don't know exactly what is happening and uh, how bad the situation is. Uh, the numbers are staggering of people. Uh, it's estimated that uh, that well over 6,000 persons a day are uh, escaping uh, and getting into the interior of the United States. That is a lot of illegal aliens, my friends. So without further ado, we're going to go to our first guest. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday, May uh, 8th. Uh, stay tuned, call your friends, tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez at Conservador on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our very good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District here in Texas. And uh, he has been very, very vocal uh, about the issue of the um, border and uh, the border crisis. And uh, he's been down there he has seen it in person he has been speaking out i wanted to get him on the show and and ask him about uh what where where we're going with this thing what has he seen what uh what uh do does he think uh, needs to happen congressman thank you very very much for taking time to be with us uh what have you seen what's uh what's going on what do you think well well george thanks for having me on it's never a burden to join your show you're a great friend and and all the listeners out there uh, you're a great champion of, of uh, border security, but also just rational, conservative thought in an irrational age. And so I appreciate you much. Um, look, we have a uh, look. I don't have to say we have a crisis. Of course we do. We know that. The issue here is is what we're seeing now is something we've never really seen before. Uh, I've got numbers that are coming out now. In fact, CNN reported that we've got eight uh, upwards of six thousand a day for April apprehensions. Now, that's roughly 180,000. Now, we don't have the official numbers yet, so stay tuned. This week we'll get the official numbers. But if that's true, George, that means half a million apprehensions since January 1. That's half a million. That is an extraordinary number. And it's just increasing and escalating. 
everybody I talk to along the border, people particularly in communities up a little bit from the border, you and I were talking before about Kenny County. I've been on the phone with residents there, the mayor of Uvalde, um, uh, and, and those that are in, being affected by high-speed chases, by break-ins in their ranch. I have one person who sent me footage, a picture. I'm not able to use it yet publicly. I'm trying to get permission. But a picture of migrants going across their ranch and what looks to be a woman with her hand tied back behind her. It's a, it's a rough footage. It's hard to see, but it looks like it, that her hands are bound behind her. We know, as I wrote in an op-ed last week with the DA of Kendall County, a woman named Nicole Bishop, we wrote an op-ed about her experiences in Kendall County. We're talking Bernie, a suburb of San Antonio, not the border, uh, where we had nine immigrants in a car, two bound in a trunk. They were headed to a stash house in Houston to be put into the sex and, and, and uh, you know, human trafficking trade. And uh, one of the boys had paid $4,000 to go pick grapes in California, but the cartel Don Reste, a faction of Losetas that operate in Nuevo Laredo, they... they uh, we're going to say, nope, not enough money. You have to go to the stash house and go work it off more. That's what we're dealing with, George. It's happening in real time in Texas, in our home. It is really, really, you know, disturbing to uh, see how it is impacting, not just on the border, but in smaller communities around us. Uh, I mean, here in, in San Antonio, where we've got a million and a half people, I'm sure we're going to be feeling it more, uh, more and more. Uh, with uh, homelessness, with crime. Uh, I mean, aren't folks in Washington, in the new administration, understanding what is happening to the citizens of the United States? They don't care. They don't care. They don't care what's happening to Texas. They don't care what's happening to Texas citizens, Texas hospitals, Texas schools, Texas communities, the strain on Texas law enforcement, the increased opioid addiction, the amount of fentanyl pouring into our nation across the southern border they don't care and you know what most despicably perhaps they don't even care what's happening to the very immigrants that they pat themselves on the back for allegedly helping when the immigrants are the ones being abused by cartels for profit that's your democratic party in 2021 it's a crass political cynical view of the world and they don't care and they literally are on their watch allowing women and children to be abused for them to be able to go out and say that they're the champions of immigrants while our communities in Texas and throughout our country are getting overrun, our hospitals filled, our schools getting run, overrun, cartels getting empowered, cartels that are now reaching farther up in our communities with violence. The person driving that car I mentioned to you, that car was being driven by an American citizen employee of the cartel Del Noreste in Bernie, Texas. That's what's happening. Yeah, I was uh, I was in Kenny County myself uh, last week, uh, and um, on the way back, I almost was run off by a uh, by a chase. Uh, Border Patrol was chasing a a car, and I almost well, I did. I got run off the road. Uh, you know, it's just not safe. It's just not safe. Do you think that? Well, uh, the the idea that uh, they want to that the that the Democrats want to uh, add amnesty to the infrastructure bill, this huge trillion-dollar infrastructure bill that they want to push through. Uh, I mean, do you think they're going to be able to do that and, and with with uh, uh, little resistance from, from, from Republicans? Well, there's no, there's no question that Democrats are going to try to fill the, um, you know, uh, spending bills that they're going to try to move, whether it's an infrastructure bill or the overall appropriations bills. Uh, there's no question they'll try to use reconciliation. They'll use every tool at their disposal. I mean, frankly, this is one of the reasons why the American people are rightly frustrated with Republicans. When we get in power, we kind of dilly-dally around and nibble at the edges. When Democrats get in power, they try to transform America. And that's what they're trying to do. Now, the good news is it's difficult to do everything that Schumer says he wants to do, that the infrastructure bill, such as it is, is meeting a lot of resistance. Um, because it's a massive boondoggle that has very little to do with, with infrastructure. If a regular reasonable bill, I, well, I say reasonable, if a bill, even something in the zip code of not insane, tries to get moved and they try to attach some uh, immigration stuff to it, it may be able to move. We're going to have to remain vigilant and fight it uh, and make sure we expose everything in it. But right now, the infrastructure package Democrats are talking about, in my view, uh, is dead man walking. 
they're going to have to redraft that to be actually focused on, on infrastructure. But who knows? Democrats in the House will pass anything. So the only question is what Joe Manchin and some of the uh, senators are willing to do on the edges in the, in the Senate. Nah, I mean, there seems to be very no, very little respect for the Constitution. <laughs> oh, there's none. I mean, they don't care. And look, by the way, George, look, here's the thing. We used to argue, remember back in the day we talked about tax and spend Democrats? Yes. Well, they're back to their old ways of taxing and spending, but really the taxation they want to do now is all about being punitive. They don't really care. There's no limit, right? They just write blank checks. So if you can spend any amount of money, which is basically <laughs> what we're saying to Washington, the Democrats can just run everything because they're going to spend every dollar possible in order to fund the tyranny over our lives, to teach our kids that America's evil, to fund the DHS that won't secure the border, to fund corporate cronyism and woke capital, you know, woke uh, corporate crony corporations trying to shut down our elections, right? This is what they're going to keep doing. You know, Congressman, I, uh, you know, I, I am in your district and I am very, very worried uh, because they're trying to defund the police. They're trying to. They're they're not doing anything about an open border, and then they're trying to take away our, our guns. Uh, I'm not sure what we, you know, how we can uh, what what hope we have for for the future for us. Well, look, our hope lies in the people. Our hope lies in the Lord Almighty. Our hope lies in our, frankly, our willingness to stand up for freedom. I think we have some real questions we have to ask ourselves about uh, you know the state of the republic and what we're going to do to save it. It's getting to that, that moment where we're going to have to start taking some hard stands. I was happy to see San Antonio voters through a lot of work. I know you were, a lot of us were out there helping make sure that we held the line. They were trying to attack our cops by targeting their unions. Now, you and I both have concerns with public unions generally. But when the woke mob comes in and says, well, we're not going to do anything about teachers unions or these bureaucrat unions or these great big government unions, but we're just going to go after cops, well, that's wrong. And that's what they were doing in San Antonio. In Austin, we were able to pass, with a lot of Democratic support, the, the uh, renewal of the camping bans, the ordinance in Austin. That's a good thing. We got a city council Republican elected in Alamo Heights, a city council, I'm sorry, a, um, a school board Republican elected in Alamo Heights, a school board Republican elected in Hayes County. I was told last night that a school board Republican got elected in, in uh Bernie in uh, Kendall County that uh, will help change that uh, the school board all for the better. Good. We need more of that, but but we need it quickly, George. I, I hear you. The Democrats want an unsecured border. They want to go after cops and they want to take their guns away, and that means we're left defenseless. And we Americans aren't going to tolerate that. You got it. You got it, Congressman. Anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, I'd only say that you know I got into a little trouble. On April 21st, which your listeners will, of course, recognize as Sandra Sinaday, when I said on the floor of the House of Representatives that in the context of having a border that the United States of America refuses to secure, that Texas would secure it if we were left to our own devices, that Texas are beginning to uh, ask the question whether it remains worth it to be part of the union. Now, I had a lot of people gasping and saying, wow, what are you saying? And, then, and Jerry Nadler called me John Calhoun on the floor of the House. <laughs> So I'm saying this. We Texans, we've got to decide how we want to live. Do we want a secure border? Do we want to be able to have guns to defend ourselves? Do we want strong police officers? Do we want strong schools? And we need to stand up for that. And we need to do it locally. We need to do it in the legislature this month. And we need to do it against Washington. And I'm proud to try to continue to be a voice for that in Washington. (laughs) You got it. Uh, I'm very proud of you, sir. You take care. And uh, we've been talking with our good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from the 21st District of of Texas. Thank you very much for being with us, Congressman. Thanks, George. God bless. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, 
uh, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, and uh, he just wrote a very, very interesting article, which most of us uh, uh, knew about or agree, definitely agree with, and uh, that is the number of people that are coming in and how many are getting away, my friends. The border crisis continues to escalate and get out of control, and uh, we just, uh, there doesn't seem to be a will in Washington to do anything about it, a will or a desire. In the meantime, tons of people are coming in. Talk to us about your article, Todd. Tell us what's going on. So the, the, the article is about what's, what is official government vernacular gotaways. Uh, it's self-descriptive. Uh, this, this is obviously the uh, number of illegal immigrants that we didn't catch and, we, and who also were not turned back or didn't turn back on their own, like think drug smugglers. And that is a very uh, nebulous number, but it is ex- it's extremely significant in that every time Border Patrol or CBP, the DHS, releases its monthly apprehensions number, uh, the actual number is going to be anywhere from 20 to 30 percent higher because of the gotaways, but they never talk about the gotaways. They never release the gotaway numbers because it inflates the figure that they publicly release. And so uh, my story is all about that uh, figure, especially as it pertains to probably the uh, sector that has the most of them, Big Bend, in uh, the, the Big Bend area of West Texas. Uh, because that area, I just returned from, from a reporting trip out there, and that area has the thinnest Border Patrol ranks of all of them. There's almost, uh, it's almost undefended, that area. So the La Linea cartel across the way has figured out that they can get huge numbers of immigrants through there on these long backpacking trips all the way to I-10 where they get picked up and sent around the nation and the border patrol agents who are out there who are just completely overwhelmed and swamped are telling me that the gotaway figure out there is probably about 90 percent uh almost you know maybe they catch one in 10 they're guessing so they're just flowing through there uh and i wanted to write the article now because the april numbers are released or about to be released officially they're already starting to leak out showing at about um, 180,000 apprehensions. So if you've got 188 apprehensions in one month, the gotaways typically are going to be another uh, 40,000. There'll probably be 40,000 this time. Those are leaked numbers, unconfirmed, unofficial, uh, which puts us, you know, well into the, you know, historic range of, you know, in the 200,000s in a single four-week period. Now, now let me let me ask you real quick. Uh, your article, you say that there's 6,000, 6,000 daily encounters in April. Uh, explain to us what a daily encounter would be. Well, uh, an encounter would be your Border Patrol and you actually catch 25 immigrants. Uh, you, you have them in custody, some kind of detention, and uh, that would be probably the most common kind of encounter or uh, apprehension. So, you know, then, you know, if they're women and children, they're just waved through the turnstile under the Biden administration. If they're single adults, they'll probably get sent back to Mexico under Title 42, the pandemic containment policy from from the Trump era that's still in effect, but only for single adults. Uh, but in any case, all of those people would be encountered or apprehended. Wow. So, I mean, this figure of 6,000 daily, I mean, we could almost say that that's how many are coming in <laughs> daily. <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, the number the numbers are truly historic. They're epic. Uh, the numbers biblical. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it as biblical at this point. Good yeah. night. And it, yeah, it's just going to keep going like this, uh, you know, month after month, because especially women and children are able to get through. They're they're just being invited in. Border Patrol stands as a processing staff 
not an enforcement staff anymore. They're just expanding the ways in which they can most efficiently bring them in and uh, get them through quickly and easily and with the least amount of inconvenience for all sides. Uh, it's a little bit different with the single adults, which is why I went to Big Bend, because Big Bend is the spot where they've shopped it out as the easiest way to get into the country if you're a single adult, because you're just not going to get caught out there. The odds of getting caught are pretty small compared to, to just about any other sector. Wow. But it's expensive. That, that, yeah. $11,000 $11, a head. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. You're, you're, the, the less... The less the risk of getting caught, the more it's going to be costing you. <laughs> right. But, George, the issue with gotaways is, obviously, it inflates the, it, it trues the number to a more accurate but politically uncomfortable spot. Uh, there's, you, you should add, whenever the government's releasing, you know, 177000 or 180000 in a month, People should just, in their minds, tack on forty thousand more to that to that number because that tends that seems to be. I do have access to leaked Godaway data, and it seems to be thirty to forty. Even the Washington Post did a story that called it thirty thousand a month. Right now, uh, my my sources are saying it's more like forty thousand. But whether it's thirty or forty thousand a month, tack it on in your mind. And that's just, it's a politically consequential number because, um, you know, obviously that tells us that there are things happening with the Border Patrol, for example, in Big Bend, uh, quite a few Border Patrol, of the few Border Patrol agents that they even had out there are being diverted down to the Rio Grande Valley to help process children in and not do border enforcement operations, which is, you know, the La Linea cartel is just um, dancing jigs of joy over that uh, it, it it is it is mind-boggling because the other aspect of it is you know uh let's you know the let's look at a silver lining uh somewhat of a silver lining that the uh republicans or conservatives win the house back and and the senate how the heck are we ever going to put this genie back in the bottle i mean how the number i mean how many people do you estimate will be in the united states illegally by uh, by December or by January, should I say? Well, I mean, if if, we're, if we stay on this trajectory, we'll be at somewhere uh, around one point three or four million that got in during twenty twenty one, and uh, by certainly by the midterm, she'll be looking at you know two and a half million people that just get in. And unfortunately, once illegal immigrants are in the country, it's virtually impossible to. You know, remove them and put them into a uh, the legal uh, processes. It just doesn't happen, especially under the Biden administration, which has ended deportation as we know it. There is no deportation, which is part of the incentive to come here in the first place. Because if you get in, you're in, and you don't ever have to worry about being removed, at least under this administration. So illegal immigration is actually a permanent state. So we're, we're, we'll have a million and a half a year uh, for the next three or four years. Figure, you know, a major-sized American city will have just poured in over that border. Hopefully it's not Los Angeles, uh, but it'll certainly be uh, somewhere on the order of, uh, you know, a couple of Austins. Yeah, and, you yeah. Know, exactly. A few, San, a few San Antonios. And that's a huge population. I mean, if you can think about you know, looking at Austin from the air and all the people down there just moving into the country and just living in the illegally in the country or, or legally, too. They get rewarded with legal documents. Yeah, incredible. Well, we've got to, uh, we've got to close out. What, uh, what can you leave us with? I mean, what, uh, what conclusions uh, are you draw, drawing from all of this situation? And, of course, tell the people how they can read your uh, your blogs and more more information about you. Well, I don't really see this ending. I think that we're going to stay at a very high trajectory, high level uh, for the next uh, three or four years. And I don't really see any end to the uh, mass migration crisis for the next three or four years. It's going to take Republicans 
to get an office in the White House for that to change. And so we're just looking at a uh, population transfer from Central America, but also from all over the world. Uh, there are many thousands also coming through the Darien Gap from all over the world down in Panama, Colombia. I'm uh, being told of a, just a huge, the whole world is about this now, and they're all coming. So uh, there'll be a national security uh, threat component to this as well, and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. Uh, you can read my material at toddbenzman.com or Center for Immigration Studies. CIS.org. And don't forget, I've got a book out called America's Covert Border War. You got it, buddy. Thank you very, very much. We've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Keep informing us, buddy, and we'll be back in touch. All right. Take care. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got our good friend, Jason Jones. And Jason, I mean, Jason has been all over the place because everything has just gotten hot. I don't know how many of you folks, except for the ones in the White House, know that we have a border crisis. And uh, a lot of it related to crime. And uh, Jason is our crime expert. So, Jason, welcome back to the show. Tell us what is going on, and uh, well, I don't know. If, uh, you know, I, I don't know what what solutions we've got for it. But tell us, give us your perspective on what is going on at this point. Give us an update. Yeah, sure, absolutely. First, it's good to be back with you as always, George. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just got back from uh, a small community known as Casa Grande, Arizona, which lies seventy miles from the border. I was out there. I interviewed Sheriff Lamb, and I spent a week in Arizona. Beautiful, beautiful state, great area. But they got some real challenges. I will tell you, I'm hearing and seeing things I've never heard or seen in my career before. And the sheriff took me down to an area that's 70 miles from the border, just outside that that area of Casa Grande, where you literally are sitting in what they call debris fields, where Sinaloa cartel operatives are moving in methamphetamine, they're moving in heroin, and they're moving massive amounts of fentanyl. And he would take me to these sites, one after another, where you literally are looking at where they drop their camouflage hat, their camouflage shirt, pants, and what they call carpet shoes. These are shoes that, that wrap around their regular shoes. And they'll walk 10 miles a day, and they'll get paid around 1000 to $1,500 per smuggler. Uh, to transport these drugs into the country. And they're doing it back-to-back. They usually work about seven days on in this area, and then they're off for about another week. And uh, everywhere where we were, and I really, literally mean this, 70 miles into the U.S., you've got scouts that are living in the mountains watching the movement of all of this illegal traffic into the United States and coordinating it on two-way handheld encrypted radios. So it was an amazing trip. I learned a lot about specifically how Cinelo Cartel operates and how they're taking advantage of the people in Arizona and, you know, the open border that we got down there. Wow. I mean, you know, we talk a lot, of course, because we're in Texas. We talk a lot to the people in Texas and to the folks, you know, that uh, are being affected along the border here in Texas. But sometimes we forget what's happening in other states. Uh, I had uh, the sheriff of of Pinal County uh, on the show last week and, uh, you know, he's at, the, at his wit's end as well over this issue. Uh, do you see any light at the tunnel with this, this problem? I see none. As a matter of fact, I see it getting worse, George. And I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I'm going to break the story right now on your show. So I have the preliminary CBP numbers for apprehensions, gotaways, and deceased persons for the month of April. And when I say preliminary, they've still got another 72 hours before they finalize the number. So it'll only go up from here. But right now, for the month of April, they're at 177,431 apprehensions. They're at 42,620 gotaways. And they're at 63 individuals deceased. Now, that's just CBP. Now, let me explain what gotaways are because I know many of your listeners probably are not aware or have heard that term. Gotaway 
Bitcoin numbers are numbers that are not usually released to the public. They are considered law enforcement sensitive, and we were able to obtain these for the month of April. And so the way it works is you have an agent that sees a person run and get away into the country, or a sensor picks them up and they get away into the country, or they read sign, which is foot traffic on the ground, and they report it as a gotaway. So when I tell you that for the month of April alone, Known gotaways were 42,620. That really tells you where we are right now at the southwest border. Incredible, incredible. So, I mean, with this trajectory, and we talked with Todd Benzman earlier, uh, but with this trajectory, where are we going to be sitting come January 2021 or 2022? Where are we going to be sitting with, you know, this mass migration, this, this biblical migration? I can tell you, we're in trouble, and here's where we're going to sit with it. And it's, a, it's while we look at the immigration layer, what we fail to really talk about is human smuggling and human trafficking. Because remember, human trafficking has three forms. It's got the sex, which you know, sex uh, exploitation of people. But there are two others that probably most of your viewers are not familiar with, and that is uh, forced labor. And then also the third and final one, which we've talked about in your program quite extensively, um, that the cartel is doing in South Texas, which is debt bondage. And where I'm talking about is that the federal government is sending these people to communities and towns all across America, what you're going to begin to see locally is that the local gangs and the local what I call bottom feeders or the the pimps are going to start really taking advantage of these people. And that's what we're going to see. I mean, you cannot have 177,000 people pushed throughout the United States and not in just one month in that 30-day period and not expect, yes, of course, good people, but also the bad that comes with that. Wow. It, it, is, it is really, really disturbing. The other thing that I was, uh, I had learned the other day, and maybe you can, you know, shed a little bit more light on it, is the whole issue that um, uh, the the folks that are coming are not necessarily the, the, the cream of the crop, should we say, uh, the top of the barrel. A lot of them uh, are, are folks that are fleeing um, uh, the justice in their own country uh, or who are just trying to get a free ride in the United States because they think they can. Uh, they're, the, they're not the most productive. I mean, we're, we're just... I mean, you know, if we're getting hundreds of thousands of these folks, I mean, what's the impact on our on our society? <laughs> well, the impact is massive increases in crime. And look, I'll forecast, as I have done already on your show again, I'll do it here. You're going to see massive increases in crime. And the American people will know it's happening. They will feel it. And the data will show index crimes that we currently capture rising. But they won't be able to link it to what you and I have been talking about month after month after month related to the border because the data doesn't link it. So when you ask me questions like, Jason, where are we going? I can tell you exactly where we're going because I was doing this for the state of Texas for a very long period of time. And my job was to understand what the tripwires were so that we could, we could try to address the issues. And the border crisis is not a border community problem. It is a national problem. And what happens at that border affects every community. You know, in this new statement that you hear a lot, I really think rings true, George, and that is that every community in this country now is a border community. It's true. It really is. Right. It really is. We had uh, the sheriff of uh, uh, Wycombe County, uh, Maryland, in, uh, you know, on the far eastern shore uh, on the Atlantic coast, and he was talking about the problems that he is facing uh, in in his county with uh, illegal a- alien crime. So, uh, all right. So, what um, what what uh, what do you suggest? What, what what can we do? I mean, what what's going to happen at this point? Well, first thing that we need to know is that perception is still that if you come, you will make it. I was on the phone this morning with some sources in Mexico who are just on the other side. And there, there's huge camps of people, I mean tens of thousands in uh, Reynosa, which lies right across from McAllen, where people truly are still being told that if you come, you're going to make it to the United States. They've been talking about, and it's just, 
I think at this point it's just made up stuff, but this is what the cartel does very well. They're right. telling everyone that they're even hearing that Biden's going to open the bridges. Now, all of that helps to influence more people coming into the United States. So where are we going and you know, what are the solutions we need to be doing? One of the problems we have is there is no collaboration between the Mexican government and our government. I want to be very, very clear on that when it comes to going after the cartel leaders and holding them accountable. So the amounts, uh, the amounts of fentanyl, methamphetamine, are going to continue to surge at unprecedented levels. And look, I'm not trying to be the negative Nance here. I'm calling it the way it is. When we have no operations being conducted in Mexico that are going after the cartel leadership, that are going after the labs, that means they're able to run at unbelievable levels. I was in Arizona on a phone call and I literally listened to a guy in Mexico who was operating as a source talking to a private citizen who's trying to pass intel to uh, the local law enforcement area. And they were talking about Sinaloa moving in literally hundreds of kilos of fentanyl just into Arizona in, a, in, in just a short amount of time. So we're seeing things, George, that I've never seen before. And we are, our government is going to have to take action and start working with the government of Mexico or just doing what needs to be done because we're going to see overdose deaths like we've never seen. Yeah, uh, in, incredible. Buddy, tell uh, tell the folks where they can follow you and how they... Uh, uh, folks, uh, Jason is a wealth of knowledge, and, uh, you know, he's also a great speaker, so if you guys really, really want to get him on your... Uh, 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 invite him to come speak to your group, uh, he's excellent. I mean, he's got a great presentation. At times it scares you too much, but it's reality. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I appreciate it. It's always just great being with you. You can find me at jasonjones.com. That's J-A-E-S-O-N jones.com. Or tripwirestriggers.com. We're we're trying to do everything we can to just get the word out about what's really happening on the ground and get it out to the American people. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been talking with my good friend Jason Jones. And uh, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, Sheriff A.J. Lauderback from Jackson County, Texas. Uh, And uh, the sheriff uh, is very, very involved uh, here in our state with the uh, issue of the uh, border crisis that's going on. So I wanted to reach out to him and uh, ask him uh, to give us an update of what is happening uh, both uh, with uh, the border crisis as well as uh, those counties that uh, are away from the border. Uh, and if uh, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, Sheriff, thank there you for is, being uh, with us. <laughs> thank, good morning, George. And talk to us. It's a pleasure to uh, talk with you about an extremely important issue here affecting Texas and the American, uh, uh, American public. So uh, hats off to you, sir, for your engagement with this and your ability to, to, to talk about the truthful issues that, uh, that are occurring right now here daily in Texas and across the U.S. So uh, tell us, what, uh, I mean, what is going on? What, uh, what are you seeing happening? And uh, is there any light at the end of the tunnel here? Well, I think there is. You know, I'm an optimist. Um, I, I believe that, uh, that there is. The house is on fire right now. Uh, you know, the, as, as the saying goes, uh, we, we see what's going on. We're informing the public uh, as often as we possibly can from the law enforcement sector here um, in Texas. Uh, and this is, this is going nationwide. But the, clearly the, the house is on fire. 
uh, the, the daily bailouts, the uh, smuggling aspect, the empowerment of the cartel um, to a tremendous degree. It's never been seen before at such a rapid rate uh, uh, where we're seeing the um, establishment of the cartel as they rise to power exponentially here uh, in Texas and throughout the United States from these policies that have enabled them to get back in the business uh, that they are kept out of uh, at least for the last several years under the Trump administration. We're seeing the illegal alien death count uh, rising every day, uh, whether it's a car crash, whether it's a drowning uh, in Brooks County, over 23 bodies since January 20th, uh, numerous car crashes in, in our area, daily bailouts, chases, uh, fear of citizens. We're seeing the exploitation of women uh, on a daily basis. I, I don't know where the women's uh, groups are uh, that uh, have been so loud uh, in, in so many instances here in the United States when we have a, the exploitation of women, whether it's prostitution, um, uh, whatever, you know, modern-day human slavery as, as we as we just see it through the lens of you know, reality here. Um, you know, look at COVID. I mean, the rise of the COVID from the spreaders at the place in Aurora, Colorado yesterday with a uh, severe infection rate uh, from COVID from uh, people that are coming into uh, the United States that have not been tested under the under the protocols, uh, standard protocols that, that Mexico and, and uh, the United States have had. So, I mean, we, you know, when you look at this as a whole, the house is on fire. Um, and, and where do we go from here? Is there hope? Yes, there's, certainly there's hope because Americans at some point in time, uh, George, they're going to figure this out. And, uh, and they're going to have to, and the sooner the better. The, the sooner the better that we get um, the, the type of impact from the American public in Texas, uh, then the, the more changes are going to come. And that's, 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 uh, that's necessary. It's it's uh, it's bad policy. It's bad government, and it's harming Texans. It's harming Americans. It's destroying uh, uh, family after family. Uh, and I'll go back to the immigrant deaths that, that are rising every day. And uh, you know, I, I listen to so many different stories for so many years uh, about how we value humanity and the policies are, are, are based upon valuing humanity, and yet. And yet every day the death count uh, draws more and more because of policies that were put in place by this administration. So where is the outrage, George? Where, is, where are the people uh, beating the drums about this, uh, either whether or, not, whether or not you're a Republican or a Democrat? Uh, where, where are you on this? Where, where, are the, where are the American people? Why are they hiding on an issue that is so destructive uh, to Texas and the United States? Where are they? So, um, uh, you know, are they forming up right now? Uh, are they are they preparing to go to the White House and say, "Listen, um, you you put us in a position here that's untenable, and let's let's uh, let's move out. Let's get to problem solving on this, and the sooner the better." Uh, before we have a, a death count um, and exploitation of women and so forth, that's 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 going on. That just gets uh, that rises to the point where. Uh, the Biden administration will take a look at it and possibly even send someone down to the border. Uh, our our uh, vice president, uh, our president, who would simply will not acknowledge the issues that we're that we're faced with. Yeah. So let, let me ask will. you. Maybe yeah, they will. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because we're we're seeing in major cities uh, this defund the police movement. And then on top of that, we're seeing a, a, a this this border crisis. Um, what it, what can we do? What can can possibly happen with this situation? Because it looks, I mean, it looks like like we're just uh, completely under siege. Well, it does. Uh, you know, I spend time for the legislative system here in Texas. And there are numerous bills that uh, are based upon these these same issues that we have that we have been uh, um, subjected to over the last year or so. And and they um, it's not the first time though in law enforcement that we've had to face uh, you know the 
everybody here in the United States and in Texas still understand the chaos that will come from some kind of process where law enforcement services are cut. And so uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, will become very apparent in San Antonio, Texas, or Dallas, or Houston, or in any of these counties, in any of these states, where you cut law enforcement services and you watch what happens. So in, in the overall scheme of things, the idiocy of something like this uh, will will again, uh, you know, harm Texans and 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 harm Americans, and it'll be destructive policy. Mm-hmm. And so these are you know, these are things that I I think that will get worked out because of the sheer uh, lunacy of of some concept of this where we can actually exist in the in, in a in the United States today with uh, uh, decreased law enforcement's presence and services. Right. So simply not true. Uh, that is simply not true, and I think it's easily identifiable um, to the American public that this is this is not a concept that we can live with here. I mean, do we want to be a third world country? Uh, do we? Do, I mean, one of the defining issues that we always have here in the United States is rule of law. Uh, even though it gets um, uh, it, it gets hit, uh, just like the Immigration Naturalization Act is getting hit by the by the Biden administration and, and, and many parts nullified from active use, which is uh, in and of itself uh, a very destructive measure that we've talked about numerous times. But I believe that we will, uh, we will, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we're going to get past that, I believe, and, and move to a more sane approach as to what we're doing. Does law enforcement need to change? Certainly. We need to change. I mean, absolutely. Does law enforcement not want a better outcome with the public? Uh, you know, we want better outcomes. We want the, the types of training. If people approach law enforcement and say, hey, what do you all think criminal justice reform would look like? Law enforcement could provide what criminal justice, what we need in our industry to perform better and have better outcomes with the public. But most of the time we're never asked until a bill is filed and until an advocacy group will help a, a lawmaker write a bill and, and then, once written, it will come to us, and we'll say, well, this, is, this won't work for these reasons. And so, but that's the approach. That's the approach. And I've long advocated a different approach. Come to law enforcement and tell us, how can we do a better job? How can we get better outcomes in law enforcement? And we have answers for that. Let me let me. Uh, we, we've we've got uh, a couple of more minutes here to go. Sure. But uh, what uh, I mean, what are, are your thoughts? What thoughts can you leave us right now with that uh, you know would would give us some some hope that uh, we're going to be able to uh, to address this issue at the uh, of this border crisis as well as the, its impact in our backyards. There, there's there's always hope, George. Uh, you keep your head up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texans, you keep your head up and you keep going. You uh, you advise, you inform, um, you illuminate what's going on. And you do that on a daily basis as often as you possibly can. The American people will eventually determine in this country whether or not the border is going to continue to be a politicized issue. For a national security issue with a border with a foreign country, I'm, I'm, I believe the American public will eventually figure this out, that the border, you have to stop politicizing it. Whether you're a Republican administration or a Democrat uh, uh, administration, stay out of the border. My goal here, uh, and it should be the goal of every Texan, is to remove politics from the border, let the fine men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol and Customs Enforcement um, and Immigration Customs Enforcement, your ICE officers, uh, the men and women of them, a tremendous job, tremendous group of law enforcement professionals. Let them do their job. They're the experts at this. And get out of politicizing the border. So that should be the goal of, of every lawmaker uh, and every Texan and, and every one of the United States to look at that and say, let's get out of this. This is a national security border with, a, with another foreign country. Let's clean that up and solidify and stabilize it and move on. Gotcha. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us as usual today. We, uh, we really appreciate it. And, and uh, you know, your words and your, your uh, guidance, I mean, gosh, we, we need to hear some positive comments from time to time. And you, you, you certainly have provided them. Uh, stay safe and let's get you on the show again sometime soon. Always a pleasure, George. Thank you for what you
what you do, sir. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We've been talking with our good friend, Sheriff A.J. Lauterbach from Jackson County, Texas. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We really, really appreciate uh, your support, your listening to us. Please tell your friends about us. Uh, if you're interested in hearing uh, more shows or past shows, should I say, please go to KLUP El Conservador, George Rodriguez. And uh, you'll be able to uh, listen to uh, past shows, hear our guests from past programs, and uh, find it very, very interesting. Uh, I, again, would encourage you to share this information with folks, particularly folks outside of Texas, because, my friends, uh, they don't know exactly how bad things are, and we need to educate and inform them. So uh, feel free to to, uh, share those links with other folks. And by all means, continue to listen to our program, continue to support us. Anyone interested in inviting me to come be a speaker, please contact uh, uh, me on Facebook page or on uh, Twitter, and uh, I'll be more than happy to schedule and come on out there uh, and chat with uh, your group uh, and uh, give you a lay of the land of what is happening and why it's happening. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer, thank you for joining us. Please support Border Hawk News, who is our sponsor. They're great, my friends. If you want to know anything about what's going on with immigration and uh, human migration across the, across the world and specifically in the United States, check out Border Hawk News. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for being with us today. Mm-hmm.